back. Ladies and gentlemen, no one's asked for it, but still, I have started doing this dumb podcast again. Anything can be a podcast. Podcast rides again for the third time. Um, this is the first episode of the 2017 Records. Couple of things. Number one, um, I just make up a story in the beginning of this because here's the thing. It was the first show of the Fringe. I was nervous. The crowd was dead. You can barely hear them. It's also because I didn't record it properly, so you can't hear the crowd. In subsequent episodes, you'll be able to. I did very well. I'm really good at comedy. Suck it. Uh, I don't know why I'm being so aggressive. I'm nervous. I get nervous doing... I've just had to listen back to the whole thing, and I don't think it's very good. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I was listening to it, and I completely missed out on a story... But I could have told you. The only time I ever pushed for a threesome was in Sweden, and there were Swedish people there. And why I didn't tell that story, instead I sort of half-indulged a story that sort of is partially true about a club owner and his girlfriend wanting a bit of my unit. There's something about Scandinavia. They are a go-ahead people. The amount of people I know that have slept with other people's wives in that part of the world. Is it a Viking thing? I just don't know. Like, I literally don't know. I'm not a Viking or a historian. All right, let's do some dates. Uh, this is coming out uh, around the 1st of October. So, guess what? I'm in the Manchester Comedy Store. Thursday, October the 5th. Friday, October the 6th. Saturday, October the 7th, 2017. And then I'm in the Butlins Minehead because my manager is experimenting and he's decided that I should do that. I don't know how to feel about it. I don't feel great gotta be completely honest with you do not feel great about it at all um then uh i'm in canada for a wedding and then i'm at the tattershire castle in london on friday the 20th of october and saturday the 21st of october 22nd of october i'm at comedy club for kids in halifax and at top secret comedy club in london on drury lane um and then i'm hosting old rope uh cavendish square in london on October the 23rd, 2017, Glasgow stand that whole weekend, and then the old post office in Shrewsbury, um, and then I'm back hosting Old Rope again the following Monday, and um, yeah, so that's what I got going on, a couple other things, go see Reese Nicholson this Monday, I've decided I'm going to put this out as soon as possible, this Monday at the Soho Theatre, I might even be there. It's only because I just got a text message about it. Um, so, the episode starts. I'm sorry you can't really hear the crowd. I hope you find it funny. If not, a bunch of these are coming out for the next 20-some-odd weeks. I'm going to release them. I'm not releasing them in a batch. I'm going to try weekly so I can update you with dates. Um, also, there's going to be a download link uh, for all of my recordings. If you want those, it's John Hastings um, podcast at gmail.com. Also, email in with questions queries, comments, complaints, John Hastings podcast at gmail.com. This intro is far too long. It's far too long. And uh, in the outro, I will tell you the story of me attempting a threesome in Stockholm, Sweden. You gotta earn it. All right. Talk to you in the outro. Oh, uh, one last thing. I really let the truth hang out in a lot of these episodes, which means I use people's real names. Um... So, they're beeped out. Um, and I just use a drum beat where their names should be. Forgot to mention that. But now you know. Now you fucking know. Here's the fucking show.
Uh, what the show is, it's a, uh, a live improvised podcast. So all of the stuff you've seen has never been done before, will never be done again. Hopefully you enjoy it. If not, it's free. <laughs> you guys have excellent first day of the fringe energy, by the way, in that you've arrived, you've been told everything was going to be great. You've definitely all seen some shit already. I can see it in your eyes looking at me going, what the fuck is this? It looks like we broke into a room and he set up some chairs that he brought from a Sunday school. It's fucking great. I really enjoy this festival. You guys are all visitors from other places, yeah? yeah. Where are you three lads from? Sweden. Sweden? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I fucking should know. That's a classic Scandinavian joke. You guys do love a fucking 1930s dad joke, don't you? It's a very fucking... Weird place, Sweden. I, I went for a week. I went to go audition for a comedy club called Raw. Do you remember the Raw Comedy Club? Yeah. Yeah. So I went, and I thought I thought it went really, really well, right? And Scandinavian people, I don't know if you know this, but they have, they don't have beautiful women. They don't own the women. That was a very horribly misogynistic <laughs> phrase. In Scandinavia, they own women like property. What? Right, boys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't fucking say that. You can't say that. Don't stereotypically, you assholes. There's a woman back there looking very nervous and angry at her partner that he suggested to come to the show. I'm trying to make sure they don't walk out. You fucking pricks, asshole. They're very beautiful uh, women. I've never been to Scandinavia before. It's also, it's a different culture. Canada, we're very, very, um, it's very old school in any sort of wooing process where it's very sort of chaste and nice and there's a touching of a hand and what are you doing later? We'll meet by the moonlight. Scandinavia is forward in a way that I find very disconcerting. Similar to Scotland. Scotland's very much like this. I found, are you Scottish, miss? Most of your family, are you hiding your Scottish accent the way you said? Well, most of my family are. Where are you from? Northampton. Northampton. Well, far away from fucking Scotland. I have a Northampton story that we'll get to in a second. I'm going to finish this Northampton story. We'll talk to you guys, possibly talk to you, and then we'll start the show and then quickly wrap it up based on the agenda I have organized. So I was in uh, Stockholm. I did the gig. A beautiful Viking-esque blonde woman walked up and she, she touched my hand. Now I am a confident 32-year-old man, but I was a fat drama punk kid. So women avoided me like a herpes on a lip. Like they were nowhere near me ever. I asked a girl uh, to prom and, and she said, I don't even know your name, so I'm not going to say yes. And I was like, oh, that's a little hurtful, seeing as we've been in school together since we were four. Heather Waltman! I have to edit that out of the podcast. Anyway, so I, um, I was there, and she grabbed my hand, and she said, so uh, what are you doing later? I'm DJing at a club. Now, I don't go in for your DJ nonsense. I don't know what happened to Scandinavia, that you guys think beep, beep, bop, bop, beep, bop, bop is fucking music, and I tell by your chains and awkward demeanor, you guys enjoy that fucking bullshit. It's nonsense. You're Stockholm. You guys are supposed to have loud men with white people with dreadlocks playing death metal near a fjord. Not a man named Bjorn wearing a white t-shirt sweating while taking pills. It's ludicrous and I don't stand for it. Don't be like the British with their music that shit. You guys are Britain and yet you have EDM for fuck's sakes and Joy Division. Ah, that's as far as I'll go. Anyway, so she touched my hand and said, oh, I'm DJing later. And I was like, oh, okay. And she's like, and afterwards, We'll have the sex. And I've never heard it referred to as the sex. I thought it was like more imperial and delightful. I was like, the sex? The, the one I, the, I thought I'd been having it before. Does it not go in the vagina? This, not in Sweden, my friend. In Sweden, you do it needs some smoked fish on a train that you're supposed to pay for. But there are no gates. So if you're not from Stockholm, you just fucking walk through. Right, fellas? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. See, see, people think Stockholm and Sweden and Scandinavia is very rule-oriented people. They just break all the rules. Are you all right? Because you seem like you keep holding in a burp. Did you just burp? Where are you from, brother? 
You're from Stockholm? It's just the way you said that, it sounded like you were from Scotland, so you've like found two Scandinavian... What the fuck did you eat? You keep burping. <laughs> it's the shit beer. Don't be so fucking Scandinavian coming over here and criticizing the alcohol. You guys smoke everything, and your alcohol is too high in proof. Beer is a sipping drink. It's not supposed to be vodka in white wine, and you have two sips, and you end up in a field with a bloody asshole screaming about the Nazis. It's, you guys don't know how to have fun. It's too much all the time. It's just loud music, loud trains. Everything's on fire. You're screaming about the devil, and it's a Wednesday. Look at Scotland. Calm, docile. That person's not supposed to be parked there. That's how rebellious he fucking gets. <laughs> For those of you listening at home, there's a car parked inappropriately. Now, so she touched my hands. So we're going to have the sex. I was with my friend, uh, Eric Bamberg, uh, who's died. You didn't need to know that. He didn't die in the story. He just later died really brought the fucking tone of the room down, didn't I? And he was like, I don't think we should go. I think that is the owner's girlfriend. And I was like, Eric, get out of the way. I'm about to have the sex. And so we go to this nightclub, and I, it was the owner's girlfriend. And then afterwards, she came up to me, and she was, you are so good, but my boyfriend is here. And this is me doing your accent. I can appreciate you guys turning off. Because as a Canadian, the fucking Brits do my accent all the time. And they don't do it as well as I'm doing your accent. And I'm doing it shit. This is how they do my accent. Hello? Did you vote for Trump? No, I'm from Canada. I would have, though, because it's really made us look even better than we already are. Now, uh, and I was like, oh, that's really good. And it was her uh, boyfriend now. It was the owner's girlfriend. And I found that out because we went to the DJ. And he was like, why are you here? who invited you, and I was like, oh, that girl invited me, and he went, why? And I was like, oh, I, I don't know, and then he figured it out, and he canceled me from the rest of the weekend. Vengeance was mine, though, because last year, he got sober in the interim, and then last year, a friend of mine sold him blow, and he fell down some steps. So what I'm trying to say is karma is mine. Thank you, sir. The rest of you, that was a joke. It didn't really land. Now, Northampton story. Uh, when I first moved to Britain, I, was, I wasn't homeless, but I didn't really have a home. I was couch surfing. And so if I ever had a gig, I'd just go in the morning to the town and hang out. So I went to Northampton at like 9 o'clock in the morning. By the way, if you guys are visiting Britain and you want to see something, go to Northampton. That's what England's like. It's just a road with a Boots and a Tesco's and then empty buildings. And inexplicably, a lot of homeless people that show up like they're going to work. Like, they lay out their bindle like they're at a factory. They get very excited. They throw down a little change. They maybe share a dog, smoke some artificial weed, and scare the fuck out of kids. And so I was walking down there. It was there at 9 o'clock in the morning. I went into a Weatherspoons. Weatherspoons is like a, it's like a, it's like a free restaurant, basically. And how you don't, you don't pay for things in money. You pay for it in the cost of your soul because you're surrounded by divorced dads in cheap suits that are telling stories of how it all went wrong, even though the story is... They're alcoholic assholes that are hanging out in the Weatherspoons instead of having a job. So I went in there because it was a cheap breakfast, and I was eating, and then it all started kicking up, and I'm walking down the high street now just trying to figure out how I'm going to kill the rest of my 10 hours in Northampton. And I'm a, I'm a comic book fan. I don't know, are you guys comic book fans? Oh, this story is going to go over like a fucking fart in a church. And walking towards me is someone named Alan Moore. Now, Alan Moore, are you okay? Yeah, so you know, Alan Moore is a very prolific comic book writer. He's an amazing artist. Basically, what he has said is he says that his art is only comic books. Now, it's a very low art. I'm a low artist. I'm right now talking to you guys off the top of my head while you're slowly sweating from parts of your body because this room is ventilated in the same way that a safe is. And, and I... Uh, 
But I love him. I love him because all he does is make comic books. You can't if you make a movie out of his comic book, he takes the money. He doesn't get the money. He just fucking does it, and that's his art. And he's an amazing, prolific man. He's also a practicing wizard, which is the weirdest thing to do in 2017 because we have proved magic is not real. Do you know how fucking stubborn you have to be to go? No, no, magic's real. They're like, no, that's that's science and circumstance. No, I'm pretty sure I made the light go from red to green. No, you didn't. That was the council that made a streetlight, you weird man with a beard. He has two wives, one of whom is a witch, one of whom is a normal person. I spend a lot of time on trains and I Wikipedia everybody. It's very strange that he's allowed that to be out there. Anyway, so he's walking towards me and, uh, and I was, got very excited. And by the way, he looks like a wizard or in Sweden, one of your old men. Large beard, walking stick, objectionable shirt. Like you guys can pull, like, sir, how old are you? 24. Really? Fucking Sweden. You guys all look 35 from the day you turn 18, and then you just die at 90 with a larger beard but looking exactly the same, even though none of you take care of your body. You're all eating tobacco. Just, do you know this is a snooze? Do you know what snooze is? It's like a cigar. Do you have it? You have it right now. Okay, can we show them to him? This shit is out of fucking control. So look at this. Look at that. You put that in your mouth where your food and tongue and teeth go, and you, what, why, why, why? What? I don't know. I, that, that's what they always fucking say. What do you mean you don't know? It's better than smoke. It's not better than, where are my cigarettes? Cigarettes at least look slightly healthy. I'm no, I've done this, but fuck you, I've done this before. Much like their beer, this is like eating a cigar laced in peyote. Like it's just, you, ha, ah. The scariest thing, I once knew a, a roadie in Canada for the band Anvil, and he would put two of these in his mouth and then smoke cigarettes. And his breath, you could smell it from like a kilometer away. Like it was musty. Like have you ever been in like your grandmother's bedroom? You know that like old dusty, like it smells like stories you don't want to hear. That's what he was fucking like. Oh, that shit's devilish. You're going to put one in your mouth. I know you are. You already had one. You can't mess with Scandinavian people. No matter what you say, they always seem right in what they're saying. No, the sky is green. How do you know? It is. Now, evidently, you guys are Russia. Well, if the European Union falls apart, won't we all be? Now, we're all getting on fucking board. Anyway, so, uh, where was, so I was walking towards me. Alan Moore's walking towards me, and I just went, uh, Alan? And he turned and went, indeed I am. And then I was like, how are you? Alan Moore, and he went, um, I'm fine, what are you doing here in Northampton? I was like, I'm a comedian, I'm gonna be uh, doing a show here. And then I just pointed at an HMV because I was really nervous, which was a mistake. And then he was like, oh, very good. Uh, I enjoy stand-up comedy, are you familiar with Stuart Lee? And at the time, I didn't know who that was, but I, I just lie, I'm one of those liar people that if you say, have you seen this movie, I'll always say yes, even though I haven't, and then I just have to play a guessing game to hope I can figure out the plot. Like, have you seen Schindler's List? Oh yeah, of course, man, the ending, so uplifting. Anyway, so, <laughs> I wasn't sure if you are gonna go with me on that, but I like that you all were, uh, you all ducked down as if to hide your life, <laughs> Anyway, so he, uh, and, uh, and uh, I was like, oh, I don't know him, and he was like, oh, he's very esoteric. Now. At the time, I wasn't sure what that word meant. And by at that time, I still mean right now. Like, I've used it all the time. Do you guys do that where you use words you have no idea the meaning of? Do you? Yeah. It's Why do we fucking do that? Why do we make ourselves look like assholes? Just be like, ah, how jejun is this cheesecake? And they're like, what? It has nothing to do with the proletariat. Oh, well, 
That's because it's from Jamie Oliver. Anyway, so I think I actually actually described that sentence. Hmm, liberal arts education. And then I was like, yeah, he's, he's very good. And then for some reason, I went too far into detail, and I was like, oh, I saw him in... Uh, so I'm in Canada last year, and he went, uh, how did you see him in Canada? He's never performed outside of the UK except for Australia. And then I went, okay, and then we just walked away. So what I'm trying to say is tell the truth, and maybe you can end up being friends with Alan Moore. I like this tension. I think we should start the show. Now, uh, to start the show, we have to title the episode. Now, to do that, we pick a title from the jar of titles. You, sir, behind my Scandinavian brothers, what is your name? Michael. And Michael, would you like to pick a title? Yes. yes. I like your enthusiasm is reserved and calm. Well, yeah. Please pick whatever title. And then I'm going to ask you to come up here and read the title for everybody. You have to come up here. <laughs> and Michael, how's your fringe going so far? Uh, it's going great, yeah. What have you seen? I've seen... Uh you, have, you already have perfect fringe audience stance, by the way, and then you planted your feet and are already pointing, going, I've already seen a comedy show, don't remember who it was, and you remembered it was, it was not good? <laughs> Very good. All right, who was it? I don't remember. That's a fucking lie. Now, this is what, audience members at this festival are way too nice. Like, I want to know when a friend of mine has done a show that's fucking shit. Like, some of you are going to talk about this show and go, it was lengthy and that and that like i i like that i want to know it's not supposed to be perfect this is a weird fucking thing we were in the middle of a town of 500,000 people we've added 500,000 people to this town it's all uphill no matter where the fuck you are none of the roads seem to work you can't park anywhere all the food is far too expensive everyone is full of need all the audience members have been lied to of what is the well it was comedy but for some reason his dad's been killed by a goose and there's a smoke machine that's on fire but doesn't have smoke representing Brexit and the lies within. It was 45 minutes and there was so much nudity. Like that's, you don't understand? Was it like that? Yeah. Holy fuck, I fucking nailed it. All right. So Michael, what is the title we have for you? Oh, hang on. Hey, no, no, who's, who, who's calling? No, 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 no! We could have taken a call. Who was it? People don't know English. Pardon me? But you speak English. We could have translated. You're very good at English. You're much better at English than I am at Swedish. <laughs> Pardon me? Again, how the fuck do you argue with Scandinavians? Did you see what he did right there? Well, we'll see. Maybe. I don't. You guys should all open used car businesses and literally be millionaires in a day. You just end up selling tires to people from Glasgow. Yeah, it's like a car. You just need four more and the rest of the car. Where do I get the rest of the car? You know, it's not really my business, quite frankly. <laughs> I don't like all these questions that you're presenting me with. You know what I mean? And, they, and then I feel such a sense of fucking guilt, and I haven't done anything. You were being the asshole, and yet everyone thinks I'm the... How the fuck did you do that? It's a great country, except you sided with Hitler, and don't think I haven't fucking forgotten about that. By the way, they don't bring that up. You just go and visit Finland, and it's the first thing you, they say when they get off. Finland's the best. And you get off the plane, and the man at customs goes, welcome to Finland. Sweden was with the Nazis during World War II, and we repelled Russia during World War II. Have a great time. By the way, buy nothing. It costs as much as your house. Back to you, Michael. It's all the things you never knew you wanted to know about tubing, both the copper kind and the river kind. I have to say, you've missed your calling as being some sort of announcer, because that was said so crisply. You should do the news, Michael. I don't know. Okay, very good. 
Are you nervous, Michael? A bit. Yeah, you look a bit nervous. What do you do for a living, Michael? I'm a software consultant. You're a software consultant. What, what does that mean? Don't act like you fucking knew what it meant. <laughs> I saw you all doing that pulled laugh of like, oh, you don't know what a software consultant is? One of you explain it then. I'm assuming if software doesn't work, he fixes it. But now as I think about that, yeah, I fucking knew that wasn't it at all. So you can all fucking calm down. Back to you, Michael. Yeah. So we consult the clients on what software should be built. What kind of software should be built. What? So someone, before you go, I mean, you can leave it. So I have a computer. Yeah. And the computer needs to work. Yeah. So I come to you. Code program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just tell you. I should know what this is. I do own a computer now. So I just tell you what to do. You tell me what to do. Yeah. And then get it done by someone else. You know, when the revolution comes, both of our jobs will end in a fiery wreck. We will be beheaded by the working class within seconds. Absolutely. Possibly led by these three fucking loon bags who've started a revolution because they started a fucking torch business and they guilted everyone into doing it. Oh, why do I need a torch? Well, you know, sometimes as someone who works as a software consultant and you don't actually know what that is and you feel the sense of uh, loss and confusion at the whole idea of it because uh, it's very important, of course, to remember uh, to uh, program... That was the weird... Are you guys sharing a beer? Okay, that was, just, that was the weirdest fucking thing I've ever seen. And by the way, what the fuck? The way you even fucking said that makes me feel bad about pointing it out. Like, no, I was just taking off my shirt and staying away. But thank you, Michael. You see why I didn't fucking go to YouTube? You would have read this out in some sort of weird Viking language, and I would have ended up hung, hung from a tree being eaten by Odin's fucking ravens. Thank you, you three, for coming. You guys are going great. There's a lot of confusion in the room, but we're fucking getting somewhere. Now, um, tubing, very good. I, um, as I mentioned before, I was a, uh, I was a fat kid growing up. Were any of you fat growing up? Not you three. You were probably just muscular, weird babings building boulders, building boulders. I don't know if you guys know where boulders come from, but they're built in Sweden. They take pebbles and they guilt them into being small for their height, small for their height, which is a science. I've just had a stroke. Anyway, I, I was, I was, I was a, I was a fat, I was a fat kid. I wasn't actually fat. I was tall, but kids don't know the difference, so I was bullied about it. I was. Uh, fuck you. Fuck you for laughing at my fucking pain, you assholes. But it's true. You actually look like one of my bullies. Did you spend time in Canada under another name? That would be the fucking greatest prank in the... We're gonna go see Hastings' show. Pretend we're from Stockholm, Sweden. So we can start the show off pretty well using that, but then we'll, we'll reverse engineer it, and surprise, it's me trapped. You're not... He is now a tattoo artist in Canada and cannot travel because he got arrested for robbing a shop with my friend I have to edit that out. He didn't get caught for that crime. And he's now a drug dealer. Boop. Anyway, uh, so we used to go... What was that, brother? Thank you very much. I really appreciated that. So I... Um, in, uh, in Canada, we had these things called patrollers. What that was is they put the kids in these high-vis vests, and you stood at all the crosswalks around the school, and you directed whether or not people could walk or not walk. It took me until my mid-20s to realize that they didn't install stop signs near a school. They instead just put the kids in shiny vests and made us do it. Meaning, if a car were to run the intersection, I would die. And all of my friends would be, it was a very odd system. And so, and our reward for doing this is they would take us to a water park. Do you guys have water parks in Britain? Oh, fuck you. No, not like that. I'm talking about like an actual water park where it's all just different kinds of slides, but they've given them needlessly intense names. Do you have that? 
You've got to fuck, this will fucking solve breakfast. It's not too cold. They have water parks in Sweden, right? Fuck you, now. <laughs> it's fucking Scandinavia every time. You want to roll on this riff? Absolutely not. That is not factually correct to our laws. I think some of these are lies. Now, I, and so it's these big things. Ours was a place called Mont Cascade, and it was in the, the Gatineau Hills outside of Ottawa, where I'm from. Ottawa is the capital of Canada, and it's like the manila envelope of cities. Useful but boring. And it was outside, and it was in French Canada. French Canada and English Canada when I was growing up, it was very tense. Uh, French Canada was much like Scotland, and that it wanted to leave. And actually, differently than Scotland, they were very smart. They used all of the resources they had within that to hold the government up before the referendum. So they were like, hey, before the referendum, we all get to keep our passports, we keep the Canadian currency for five years, and then you guys can suck our dicks, and we're fucking out of here. And Canada was like, no! And they were like, we'll turn off the power to the entire eastern seaboard of the North America and cut off all tariffs, you're getting that for the next three years. And the Canadian government was like, very good point. We will listen to your demands. Now, we do not negotiate with terrorists. Luckily, you're also politicians. Write it down. So I was going there right after all that happened. We had the second referendum, and uh, Quebec ended up staying. How Quebec ended up staying is the prime minister of Canada at the time, a guy named Jean Chrétien, who is he's a politician the world needs now. I like politicians that lie a little bit. I think that's part of the job. Unfortunately, it is. What he did was the night before the referendum, not the night, a few weeks before, he changed voting law in Canada for one year, which was instead of where you are registered as your address, that's where you vote. He changed it for one year, which is where you presently are on voting day is where you get to vote, meaning all of the students from English Canada were allowed to vote in the referendum to see if Quebec left. Now, the Quebec government did not read that form. They just signed it and passed it in because he put it underneath another law which said cigarettes would be cheaper. Now, it's very deceitful, but also fucking brilliant, isn't it? It's like out of house of cards. And he did that, so all the students voted. Quebec ended up staying. Now, so French people fucking hated English people, rightly so, because the leader of my side really fucking dog-dicked them and stop them from being their own country. Luckily that happened, because if it hadn't happened, something called the Monroe Doctrine would have activated and America would have actually technically be in war with Canada, which would have been bad, because it would have been a war against Britain versus America, and not everyone thinks that would have happened, but it possibly could have happened, and Sweden would have possibly had to have been the negotiators in that, and would have ended up owning my entire country, which would have been bad. You would have been the prime minister, and that wouldn't have worked well, because you're looking at me like I'm a pussy for not taking your snus, and I could see that because you were <laughs> laughing before, and now you're just burping into your half-empty pint. Now, so we go there. Now, I was 11 years old. I was unaware of all of these political sort of sidebars and things that had happened. I just went there because it was my reward for being a patroller. Learning back, looking back, I had risked my life every day for my peers because Canada is a drinking and driving culture. Scotland, Britain, Sweden, you guys drink more than Canadians. But you take the train or an Uber or a bus. In Canada, you drink 11 beers and then you get in your car and jokingly say, there'll be no one on the road except for every other drunk fuck <laughs> driving home. Christmas week, they set up barricades about every mile to a mile and a half to make sure people aren't drinking and driving. And everyone drinks and drives. The only person I know in my life who has never drunk and drive is my mom because she's never drank alcohol. Uh, two Christmases ago, on Christmas Eve, we were driving back from a Christmas party. I was fucking loaded 
So I brought my mom, designated driver, and we pull up into one of these uh, police blockades, and this very young, it kind of looked like you, sort of fresh-faced, but evil-eyed. <laughs> like, what do you do for a living? Electrician. Electrician. Very similar job to police officer, yeah, yeah. in that no one wants to see you, and when they do, it's somehow your fault, even though you had nothing to do with the problem. And we pull up, and my mom's like, what is this? Has there been a murder? And I was like, no, it's a drunk driving checkpoint, mom. And we, we pull in, and she rolls down the window, and the, uh, the driver, or the police officer goes to my mom, uh, miss, have you been drinking tonight? And she said, no, I don't drink. And then he goes, very good. And then my mom went rogue and genuinely said, what would have happened if I had been drinking tonight? And the police officer said, have you or have you not been drinking alcohol tonight, ma'am? And my mom, a 62-year-old marketing professor, said, I have drank some alcohol. That should have told you right there she was taking So No one says, I've been drinking some of the alcohol tonight. I was having the sex, and then I drank some of the alcohol. I was drinking some of the alcohol, and the police officer pulled my mom over, got her out, did the entire field sobriety. She was doing it blindfolded better than anyone was else doing it. The cars were looking at her going, what the fuck is this? She gets back in the car, shakes the officer's hand and goes, you know, when you get to my age, it's just new things that make the world go round. And just, what the fuck is going on? We drove along. Anyway, so... Not to detract from our original story. So we're going tubing. And I was a, I was a, I was a fat, not fat, I was just tall and big. Like I'm big now, not to your people, I'm the size of one of your babies, but to the rest of the people I am. And, and I was there and we were going tubing. Now it's lazy river. It's not actually lazy, it moves at a pretty big clip, but you sit in a tube and you go down and they play weird jungle noises. Now if you're actually tubing in the jungle, that's not a fun time. You're about to be eaten by a piranha what the fuck are you doing inner tubing on a weird Amazonian river? My buddy Mark, who is a, a traveler, I have a lot of weird friends because I'm from the capital of Canada, so it's a lot of rich people have kids, and then they just do things that seem like jobs. Like, I lived in the Amazon for a while, and now I own a hostel in Peru. I've never visited it, but I think my investment's sound. Like, Mark, he once disappeared for a year and came back, and uh, it's the afternoon, I can be honest. He rolled in his uh, rolly bag, and he opened it up, and when I say a comedically large bag of cocaine was on the very top of his luggage, like it was like, it was like he was gonna make a cake. And he took it out and he was like, they don't check every bag. I was like, who the fuck are you? Anyway, he had a story once, he was in Colombia, and they were, they were doing a tour through one of the jungles. And the guide went, said, oh, everyone can swim here in this little pool. And the guide went down river about, he's like describing about 10 feet, and then started shaking trees into the water. And Mark's like, what are you doing shaking trees into the water? He's like, oh, there's piranhas in the river, but if you shake a tree a little further up, they probably won't attack the people swimming. I was like, oh, that guy sounds crazy. Like, he was. I used to wake up in the middle of the night, and he'd just be sharpening knives underneath the mosquito tent. I was like, oh, that guy sounds fucking crazy. So Mark, we were going to go on the lazy river, and I was like 11 years old. Now. I'm, I'm body conscious. I don't know if any of you are body conscious. Any of you body conscious? I want to be like you, sir, a confident man, hugged by both mom and dad. But Scandinavia, so it was probably a stern handshake and see you in 18 years, correct? Sure. Very good. Fuck, how are you winning all of these arguments? I don't even know if you are from Sweden. That sounds like Estonian talk to me. Point Hastings, everyone else is very awkward by that joke because they're not really sure what it means. Hopefully they can't figure out. I don't know what it means either. Anyway, so I'm about to get in the lazy river, and there was a uh, it was a very Quebecois man who was in charge. I don't know why 
they put the sketchiest people in charge of can like carnival rides and things where they're interacting with kids. Like this guy had a skullet. Are we familiar with the skullet? So mullet, do you know the mullet, which is the short hair in the front symbolizing business, long hair in the back symbolizing party. Skullet is just the long hair in the back. So it's still a party, but it's a sad party because the business is closed. And, and he, was, he was just stood there and he, he was smoking. Remember, like, it was the 90s. You could still smoke in front of kids. I was talking to a friend of mine. His baby wasn't even there and I didn't light my cigarette for fear that the smoke would travel back and strangle the baby in his pram. And you snooze. That's probably a benefit of snooze. You can just have it around all sorts of kids. Always. Always. Even when they're pregnant? Even when they're pregnant? You're not giving it to pregnant ladies, right? You didn't say no, you just started laughing. Do pregnant people take snus? Their choice. This is why fucking Sweden will rule the world right there. Why did you guys bomb America? It was their choice to have their country in the way of our bombs. Now, I, uh, and I was going to get, I was going to get the two from this man, skullet, just cigarette with a long, a long ash. There was a time before we used to ash cigarettes, just a long ash. Like if it was, it had a soundtrack, it would be something like, like the, the Marshall Tucker Band or like Molly Hatchet, like would be riding the storm out. And, and I'm going and I'm, I'm going to grab the inner tube and he kind of looked me up and down and he went, no. And I was like, uh, okay. Because I was 11. Where were there? There was no adults. And he went, you are too big for the inner tube. You go down, no tube. And I was like, what? And he's like, you float. Fat English people float. And so all of my friends are in inner tubes having a nice time. And I'm just walking down the weird inner tubey area. And by the way, I don't know if you guys have been, you haven't been to water parks, but it's not like it's deep water and I was up to here. It was like to my knees. And it just looked like I was looking for my keys, walking through the entire thing. And it absolutely it made me hate water parks for years. Up until when I was like 23, I was working at a summer camp. We had a day off. We went back to the water park, different guy. And I went, and still, it was very faulty. We were changing in a field, and I was stood on a picnic table. And I was a punk at the time, so I had like a... It wasn't a mohawk, it was a faux hawk, but before faux hawks were cool, it was just meant that I took a lady's razor and I, I put shaving cream on this part of my head and this part of my head and shaved it down so it looked less punk rock and more like I lost a bet with someone who had a weed whacker and that was my look now. And I just, I had that and I was for some reason jumping up and down while my friend Paul sang Anarchy in the UK and I broke the picnic table like seating area thing that I had and the towel I was wearing just flew off and I exposed my dick and balls to a bunch of families. So I'm not really allowed at water parks anymore. That's not a general rule. It's just how society works. Now, before we wrap up, I'm going to close with the telling of a story from my youth. That was one. We're going to have another one now. I'm going to let my... What are your three names? I'm sorry. I was very rude. I didn't get your names. What is your name? Daniel. Daniel? Andreas. Andreas. Robin. Robin's a very Swedish name. Yeah, there's a TV show called, like, It's Robin, right? In Stockholm. It's like a late night talk show with Robin. Oh, I think I've just made up television shows now. <laughs> it's very hot in this room. Well, Robin, do you get a lot of Batman and Robin jokes thrown at you? <laughs> Maybe when I was younger. Maybe when you were younger. Yeah. Again. How the fuck I lost that argument, I'll never know. Do you, are you a Batman guy or a Superman guy? Batman. Batman. He's clearly better, right? Like Superman's a prick. Yeah, he's unnecessary and a horrible asshole. None of the movies are good. Batman always good, until we got Batman versus Superman, and then it was needless, correct? Yeah. yeah. It's the only movie I've ever walked out of. 
I felt really, I was with a bunch of comedians at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, and we all went as like a fun, like we're going to this in the day, and it was really, really exciting. Who the fuck is that? <laughs> I'm in the middle of a Batman rant. You're interrupting my art. It's seven people enjoying the show and one person unsure of his decision. Don't get in the way of this. Or I will go fucking Superman at the end of that movie on you. And then I will die and no one will care. Anyway. So I, I walked out. But here's the problem. When you walk out with a group of friends, those were all the people that I knew in that city. So all that happened was I walked out of the movie and had to just stand in a movie theater for 35 minutes as they then came out. And I was like, was it worth it? And they were like, no, we should have left. And I was like, why didn't you leave? And they were like, well, we paid the money. I was like, that's a fair point. All right. Now, Robin, I want you to pick out a story. Now, it's very wedged in there. You can grab a few and then look over and decide which one you want to hear. But make sure you put the other ones back. Is that just one story? Silence farts near the hot girls of the school. Very good. This is a fantastic, but for those who didn't catch it, it's silent farts near the hot girls at uh, school. Were you popular in school, Robin? Not really. Nah, neither was I. Now, were you, did you have like a gang or anything like that? Like, were you part of like, I don't know if you guys, like we had yeah, like, we had, like groups. Yeah, the groups. So there was like the jocks and then we had the burnouts and then we had, we were called the skids because we dressed in punk rock clothes, but for auto. So it was just vintage clothing with bandanas and we were just fucking, we were losers, but it was very fun. And the thing with my school is no one leaves the city I'm from. I'm one of eight people who isn't still living near the high school that we grew up, like we graduated from. Everyone else just literally graduated, got a job at the Canadian government, bought their parents' house from their parents, and are now having kids that are going back to the school that I went. It's so fucking Stepford Wives creepy, because they're still like having the same problems with other people. Like wives are sleeping with like ex-boyfriends from grade nine. Like going back for Christmas is the most ludicrously gross thing, because it's like, do you remember Jarrett from biology in grade nine? Absolutely not. Could not. He could be here tonight, and I would not know it was him. And they were like, "Well, he's he finger banged Sandra by the dumpsters near Deleuze Arena." And I was like, "We're 32. Get a hotel, you assholes. What are you doing? It's ridiculous." And um, and so it's, it's like that. So we were the skids, and it was me, my buddy Paul Harrison, my buddy Liam Kendall, uh, my buddy Steve Dawson, and we would like dress in vintage clothes, and no one would talk to us. And all of their older brothers were all jocks, and were all in their last year of high school, uh, high school at that time in Canada was five years. And the fifth year, you're legally 18. So the school cannot tell you to do anything. They can't send you to detention. They can't suspend you. And the one problem is they told the students that at this birthday, we now have no power. Hopefully you graduate. If not, please don't beat up the children we are also legally forcing into this building. So they did. Like, if you've seen the movie Dazed and Confused with all of the, the, like the hazing that's at the beginning of the movie with the paddles and stuff like that? Have you seen? Anyway, it was like, yeah, so you've seen that. That's what the first week of high school was for us. And they had to end it because my <laughs> he got left in the woods for two days because his brother duct taped him to a tree. And then his dad came home and was like, where the fuck's your younger brother? And he played dumb for two days. And then he was like, I think I left him in the woods. And you left him in the fuck? You can't leave someone in the woods. And they went and found him and they're like, no more hazing at all, which was stupid because before it was overt and controlled and people were aware of it. Now they sent it underground, which was so much more dangerous. So instead of paddles and stuff like that, just like the older, like the 18, 19 year olds who were in the same school as me would attack me and my friends because we were the younger brothers of them. And they're like, we have to destroy them. There's that weird thing that happens with males 
between the years of 13 and 19 where you really related to these people, but for some reason, like, fuck you, how dare you come out of my mom's vagina? I will make sure you're dead by the time you make legal age. And then you hit 19, you're like, let's get drunk together. That's basically the cycle of how, do you have brothers, Robin? Yeah, did I fucking nail it perfectly? Absolutely. I don't have brothers, but I was the only child around everyone who had brothers. It's fucking terrifying. Anyway, so, and we were like in, we really liked, we really liked girls. We did, and it was a big thing of like, when I was like 13, it, I'd written in a journal. I, I'm such an emo fucking loser. I'd written in a journal about this girl, Alice, and I'd written a poem, which I'm not going to tell you because I don't remember it. I know. You, listen, I don't remember it. I can, I, can, I can sum it up for you in the emotion you would feel. Oh, no. And I wrote that, and this kid, Mike Sove, who was like an overdeveloped kid, like he had a mustache at like 12 years old, he found my journal and read the poem out as a presentation in English class, which the teacher graded him on and allowed him to do, but like, again, everyone talks about, oh, the society now is pussified, stereotypes are being done. That's good. School was a cauldron. It was literally like Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome with these adults who had passions for other things. Oh, I wanted to be a hockey player. I wanted to be an actor. I didn't, that didn't work out. So now I teach 10 year olds about math and dream about drinking the bottle that's in my bottom drawer. And he, and he did that. And, and it, it scarred me because everyone laughed at me. And I, for some reason, I apologized to Alice. I was like, sorry about reading that, writing that poem about you. And she went, you should be sorry. I've since seen her. She's actually very nice. And um, so uh, we always were very scarred by all this. None of us would ask girls out on dates. We've come to find out, by the way, that we were apparently very beloved by all the ladies because we dressed weird and were cool and did rebellious things like we'd play music on our boombox that we kept in our locker. Ooh, fucking rebel putting on music for three minutes in between class. What's next? Doing meth. Actually not doing that at all. And um, so we did that. But because we were so angry at these girls not giving us attention because we were 14, what we would do is eat like shrimp and other things that would make you very gassy. And then in the time between classes, we'd walk near a group of them and then fart as quietly as we could, but to make sure it was as pungent and possible. And then we'd step back and watch them accuse each other of farting. The best one, absolutely the best one, was uh, my friend Paul Harrison. We were 14, I'll fucking never forget. It was during third period. So it was laid out in this way so you could have two periods, then lunch, or three periods, then lunch, and then one more period. And we all had three periods, so it was at the end of science class with Mr. Bifolci. I want you to know, I forgot how to unlock my door yesterday, and I just remembered who my science teacher was when I was 14. And there was a group of beautiful women in front of the science class, and Paul like gave us like one of these, and then showed us a sandwich, and it was tuna with pickles just brimming from it. And I was like, I don't think that makes you farty. But then I was like, oh, he is lactose intolerant probably. Or I now know he's lactose intolerant. So I was like, oh, this, is, this will be spicy. And he walked by them. And he miscalculated. He thought it was going to be like a silent. But instead, it was one of those ones, you know where it seems like your own asshole is clapping for the toxins to leave your body? And it was just, but it scared him. So he was just paused. And all of these objects of his affection just turned and looked at him. And like a fucking professional, he kneeled down and began to tie his shoe as if he had heard fucking nothing. And then turned and just went, was that your pussy? It's disgusting. 
It was one of the greatest days of my life, ladies and gentlemen. I, uh, I thank you so much for being part of this experiment. It was free to get in. Yeah, what did I say? So yeah, you couldn't really hear the laughs. The audience felt like dicks. Those Swedish guys, man. Listen, Scandinavia, jewel of the world, truly. It's all where all the good white people are. I truly believe that. I'm making coffee, by the way. You're going to have to stick with me on this. I'm multitasking. Anyway, so it's a real jewel. Any cools. Um, by the way, this is the me doing an extra story um, on top of the podcast that I should have told in the podcast. So if you've already fucking given up, then move on. Stop listening. Show's free. And I don't think that many people listen, so... Yeah, I'm making coffee with a kettle. I'm in a hotel room in Oslo, Norway. Um, doing, I think, my... You ever have weird favorite things? One of my weirdest favorite things is making coffee, instant coffee, in a hotel room at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday when I know people are at work wanting to be lying in bed. It is, it is a joy that is never lost on me. And I love it. I really do. I sometimes want to take photographs of me in my underpants and just have them billboarded next to offices being like, yeah, you can afford a house and you aren't plagued with the need to seek um, approval from drunks. But I took a nap. Well, I didn't take a nap. I had one of those sort of half naps where you keep the TV on so you think you're napping, but really you're just catching up on Law & Orders. Season 8. Just stole it off the internet. What a doozy. Anyway... It was March or April of 2013, I believe. It was uh, when the Boston Marathon bombing happened. Do you remember that? Back when terrorist attacks would happen in America, not just in England. Simpler times, my friends. I was in Stockholm, Sweden, as I explained, staying with Eric Bamberg, who's now died of spinal cancer. Very sad. It was weird. He was one of the first people that was younger than me that died. And uh, it, a guy I was, you know, relatively close with, acquaintances, but his death fucking, it bummed me the fuck out. There's a lot of death in my adult life, just sort of periphery people, people I'm not necessarily super close with, but it sucks, and then a few family members, but a- anyway, it's not important. Um, trip was hard. Um, Sweden, I'm just not a fan of it as a country. If you're Swedish, I know you're probably, don't even give a fuck. That's part of the problem. There's a very arrogant streak to them as people, I, I would think of them as sort of, they're one of those countries that people think of Germany being like, a very sort of arrogant, uh, you aware? I don't know what accent that was, but they're that sort of place. Uh, I just didn't like it. Um, I wasn't being recept- received well at the gigs. I was staying on Eric's couch, and he was smoking a copious amounts of weed and then just screaming at me about conspiracy theories. He's one of those guys. Well, he was one of those guys. He's no longer is one of those guys that, you know, believed in all that bullshit, believed in all of it. And I was talking to my girlfriend about this, and she, you know, brought up some points. But in the great larger scan of the questioning of it has, has, has created a lot of the situations we're in. It's, it's led people to believe that the government is wholly corrupt as opposed to wholly flawed and leading us in America's case to have a wholly corrupt fucking president. Not to say that Hillary Clinton would be any better. That said, I preferred her. I don't think she's a sociopath. I think she was ill-equipped for the job. Um, But I think she would have surrounded herself with people that were far better for the job. She's one of those people. Look at whoever follows Trump will be, you know, 
five years afterwards, it'll be discovered he's a war criminal. That's the way that it goes with American presidents. It goes with all leaders. Either they're dicks when they're in office, or as soon as they leave, it's like, oh, war criminal. Such as Barack Obama murdered more people than George W. Bush. Never forget that. Drone struck a wedding the way I get a boner a lot in one day. Ooh, ooh. Um, all right, so I was in Stockholm, Sweden, and uh, me, Eric, a bunch of us, we went out to do a show, and then we got, you ever just get, I was thinking about it, it cat's got his claws out. If getting drunk is a cat that lives in your foot, gets its claws out, so it's crawling inside of you, and the only way to get it back to sleep is to fucking throw a thousand beers down your face. Anyway, that's what happened. We got fucked up. Um, and there was this girl after the show, I vaguely remember what she looked like, and, um, you know, you ca- I caught a vibe, <laughs> and for some reason, I, uh, I wanted to, uh, go for a threesome between her and her friend, which, uh, was bold, not really like me, but I went for it, and, um, was sort of down for it, although I got a little confused, I was pretty drunk, but her friend basically was like, oh, I could be into that, except, you know, my boyfriend is fighting in Afghanistan for Sweden right now, so I'm not really sure. And I was like, really sure? And then it kind of all just got, uh, it got kind of just, you know, the whole thing went sour, and I got super drunk in a movie theater with comedian Jason Rouse, and I remember he pissed in the street. So I either lost out on a threesome or reminded a girl of her eternal love. Um, either way, it was a real, it was a real fucking shame. It's a real sad state of affairs. I always look back on those things and I'm like, man, should I have fucked those people? kind of glad I haven't. Like, you know, but in the way, either way. I'm not good at stories, but I should have done that story. I think that live would have gotten a little bit more interesting uh, reaction and we could have gone from there. We could have talked about where we were in Stockholm, Cabaret, uh, Vampires, I think, or the Vampire Lounge. And then we were in a uh, Mexican restaurant called La Cucaracha. It was great. Check out, listen, Sweden, one thing you do have, great stand-up scene. Evelyn Mock, great Swedish comedian. I've rambled on too long. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, hopefully next week I'll have another episode for you. Hopefully the post and pre will not be this fucking slapdash. Go to the website, johnhastingscomedy.com. If you want free tracks, johnhastingspodcast at gmail.com. Um... Thanks for listening. Yeah.